Are we just so pumped? We, I am, personally. Like, I genuinely, I've been, like, silent because I've been containing it. <laughs> okay, we'll contain it for five seconds longer. Hello, good morning, everybody. Rise and shine. Welcome to Generation the Podcast, the audio companion to the HBO Max original series, Generation. I am Emmy Award winning actress Gigi Good. You deserve, honestly. So, like, let's let's manifest. Um, That's true. I I am Wembley Sewell, editor in chief of them. Gigi, it is honestly such a pleasure to be be here with you. We are now like going into episode fifteen. It has been a long, Girl. beautiful road, and I, I feel like every single episode just brings us closer to this this finale climax. And I am I am on the edge of my seat. I'm so excited to also be joined by our favorite here, Zelda Barnes. <laughs> shout, out, shout out. And finally, together in one episode, the twins, Yuli Schlesinger, who plays Nathan, and Chloe East, who plays Naomi. But first, let's let's start by talking about episode 15. Gigi, give us the lowdown here. Yeah, well, first of all, I uh, I can't believe we only have one episode left. That's like crazy to me. But this episode, we it's it's finally the dance. It's Valentine's Day. The Valentine's Day dance is upon us. And of course, Mark and Megan have been swindled into hosting the dance by Ariana's dads and have since turned the backyard into a Parisian oasis. I have to be completely honest with y'all. This was the episode you didn't I was watch. like. No, no, no. I absolutely watched. I actually, when I was, I, I was watching um, with uh, my girlfriend, actually. <laughs> and I think this was the most animated I was while watching an episode. Like, I was, like, hitting her leg. Like, genuinely, I cannot tell you a lie. Like, my, why am I getting George Washington up in this? I don't know. But I truly cannot, like, lie to y'all. My mouth was, like, fully agape. And I thought it was going to be a deal breaker for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like I house thought, of cards. I thought everything was coming to an end for everyone. But before we get into everything, I want to give a very warm welcome back to the show. Zelda, what's up? Hi. Hey, girl. Once again, so excited to have you back, Chloe. Just the cutest little peach in the land. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and last but absolutely not least, thank you for being here, Yuli. Yeah, of course. Thank you for having me. Okay, so we've we've had you both on at separate times, and we've heard from each of you individually about portraying this relationship, which obviously neither of you have in real life, you know, as siblings and also as twins. You obviously hang out outside the the show as like a whole group because you I'm I, in my fantasy, you're all just friends outside the show and you hang out every day anyways. But I'm wondering, do you two like spend time together to like, you know, try and get the isms of twinitry, twin, twin, twinitry, twinitry, <laughs> dictionary, twindom, twindom. <laughs> I honestly think we were just really, we got really lucky, don't you think? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. We did not spend probably not not enough time outside of set together. Yuli and Chloe hate each other. <clears throat> yeah, tell TMZ, get, <laughs> get them on the line. I don't know. I feel like once we just like got together and like got into it, like it just kind of flowed really naturally with the two of us in terms of like mannerisms and stuff like that. And just like being like on, on the twindom, in the twindom. The twindom. 
I'm sticking with Twinitry personally. <laughs> Twinitry. The Twinitry of it all. I do think we should have worked harder on this show. Like I, I kind <laughs> well, of feel bad. Some some a lot of it was just the writing that was so good that made this show pretty easy as an actor yeah. to act. I mean, of course, there's the actual physical things of waking up early and being on a job and just all that stuff that makes work hard. But the acting itself was actually, it was pretty effortless. And I feel like towards the end of the season, as we all got to know each other and we had good rhythm and good chemistry, it was real. I feel like we were just on a system. Like we knew our lines, we knew the relationship Mm -hmm. and we were set. Yeah, especially towards like block two. This is kind of like the first episode where we get to see y'all's on on screen dad. And it's kind of like Mark's perspective for once. And you get a, a deeper dive. And like, I just love Sam. I've been watching Sam um. since True Blood days. And I have just been waiting for him to have his moment. And he finally gets it. And it's honestly very touching and a little bit sad. And, you know, makes me wish that there wasn't only one episode left in the season. But um, I want to play a clip of something that he says to Riley that shows just how desperate he is to to get to his kids. You never show your whole self to your family. And, and I mean, I know that's what it is to be a teenager, but sometimes I just want to say, hey, I want to know the other parts of you, too. But can't say that. So, first of all, this is very hard to watch because, you know, the first time I, I I watched this a couple a couple two three times and the first time I watched it, I was watching it from Riley's perspective, which I was just gathering that she was uncomfortable because she's hearing this dad complain about something that her dad would never complain about and that she, you know, she wishes her dad would complain about. And then I watch it again from Mark's perspective, which is just so like like, he just seems so desperate and so far removed from everybody, just but just wants to be close, just wants everyone to get along. But a couple uh, episodes ago, when, when we had Martha on, we talked about Mark's boat metaphor, where if you want to steer the boat, you can't steer the boat if you're not in the boat. I want to know from Zelda and also uh, Yuli and Chloe, if you'd like to chime in, how you think Mark's approach to knowing the kids differs from Megan's. We see our parents and our parental figures sort of reacting to a lot of things that our teenagers do, but we don't have a lot of moments of um, actually being in their perspective and understanding some of the reasoning behind that reaction and really understanding their headspace. We did with this show kind of do a reversal of the traditional like unaccepting father and like trying to be accepting mother. And we did a more unaccepting mother and trying to be accepting father, which has been fun to play around with. And I definitely think Mark's sort of opinions about everything are um, buried a little bit by Megan. Mm -hmm. I think Megan controls the family. This is a situation where Mark is like, I kind of think I should have some input, but he's a little too afraid to say that. And I think in this perspective, we finally start to see Mark kind of voicing some of his actual feelings about this. And Mark is kind of more like, I want to just like know my son as a person mm-hmm. and I want to know my kids as people. And Riley, of course, this whole time is just like, okay, I can't help you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, this is so weird because it's like it's her friend's dad who she like barely knows. And it's like an awkward situation for her. And he's kind of venting to her about family dynamics. And Very she's just like, I don't want to be here. 
I just love in the details where the the camera trope comes back in to play with it's almost like the camera's allowing Mark to see what he's been trying to see or wants to know about in a sense, which I just thought was a cool little tidbit. Yeah, definitely. And Riley's fixing the camera and helping with the <laughs> lens because the lens is part of the issue. And oh my yeah, gosh. Just... We love a metaphor. <laughs> but I want to get into something where I don't think I don't think the Riley Nathan friendship pipeline gets enough credit. Obviously, like everybody's like Riley and Chester are so close, such good friends. But I actually think Yuli that you uh, you and Chase's characters like have like a very budding, almost unspoken kind of bond. Especially in four, I think fourteen solidified it in my mind to me. Yeah. But fifteen, it was like seeing the fight and the tension and the act. I, obviously, you know Riley's. <laughs> Almost lack of response revealed a lot, but one I would love to know about, like how Nathan and Riley's friendship has kind of come to be in your mind, but then also what it was like to like so quickly almost like detonate that at the same time in in this episode. Right. Yeah, I think it was kind of an interesting thing where me and me and Chase talked a lot about Riley and Nathan's dynamic because you can see like right from the you know beginning of the season that they're like. They're close friends. Yes. Um, and like you don't really get, you don't see a ton of it like on screen the same way that you see like Riley and Chester's dynamic. But you do see these like little moments where they like come together and they can really just like, I think they feel like they can be totally themselves with each other. And there's like, you know, those, 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 those friends you have where you like, you cannot speak for so long and then you come back yeah. together and it's just like, you just can fall right back into it. And like, they're always there for each other and they're not, neither of them are great at communicating their feelings or yeah. like what they're actually going through. So it's like, I think it's, it's kind of like a comfort thing. Like they don't really feel like they need to like always, you know, be that like emotional and be then like actually talk about everything. They can just like be together and enjoy the time together. And then to have this, this huge blow up in 15 and for Nathan to not even know, like, the extent of, like, you know, what has happened between Riley and Megan in the episode, it was a lot of fun to play, but also, like, so, so heartbreaking because, you know, Nathan is really trying to be there for Riley yeah. in that moment when they go to the bedroom and she's, you know, venting all of these. And he's, he's really trying and she lashes out at him. And so, and to have, like, the one person that... Nathan kind of feels like he can like trust and be himself with and who has like always been there for him like lash out in that way is so so brutal and he and he tried it's so sweet the little the fucking the handmade card he drawing, yeah crosses, it out <laughs> crosses out the birthday oh, or whatever yeah. it's so it's that was, so like that was the dagger truly the dagger I know I know it was um yeah it's oh. really brutal but it's oh, it, it, it was a lot of fun but you're right. They, they, I think that those two are the only two characters that I don't really remember a time where they are really confiding in anybody else but each other for anything like, mm -hmm. you know, huge, which Big, is, yeah. is, like you said, Wembley is something that didn't really get enough recognition, but has kind of been there all along. We're talking about episode 15 of the HBO Max series, Generation, and we're going to get into a lot more after a quick break. Hey, everyone. 
everyone, welcome back. We're talking to Generation creator Zelda Barnes, Yuli Schlesinger, who stars as Nathan, and Chloe East, who plays Naomi. I may embarrass myself a little bit here. I was someone who never went to the dances as a young, um, blossoming uh, queer person. Just I was like, you know what? I'm going to watch some Netflix instead. That's okay. You know, I own it. I claim it. I also went to an all-girls school, so, like, you had to be asked by men elsewhere to to go to dances. So, so I just, I, I opted out of that entire experience largely. But I'm curious... If y'all have other dance stories, school dance stories, proms, winter formals that inspired mm. how this episode played out, because I'm mm. essentially looking to live vicariously <laughs> through y'all. I was homeschooled, which is so lame. So, what so was your I was school that dance weird like? Homeschool kid. <laughs> no, but it was actually sick. So they had set up the high school dance. It was like senior prom or something to at, at Disneyland and it was oh, like work. yeah we're like we're like gonna have like the the party before and it's gonna be in this this big ballroom at the the Grand California Hotel and then we're gonna go into the park the next day discount tickets so like I was stoked about it but I kind of had the moment as like every, all the characters did in the show like I, I paid for my ticket and everything I showed up with my date we looked around, we got some food, and we just left and ate dinner at, at downtown Disney. <laughs> so, like, Mark. I still, like, made an appearance, and I got my discount tickets, as horrible as that sounds. But um, <laughs> I, 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 I made a, a, a face to the name with all my online teachers, and I, mm-hmm. and I got out Period. there. And we, we sat down in the jazz kitchen with some, some beignets, and we went to Disneyland. Yuli, have you had any any embarrassing or fun dance tales? Um, well, I, so I went to prom my f- sophomore, junior, and senior year of okay, high school. Okay, popular. Ooh. Doozy. No, not popular. It was just a really small school. Um, <laughs> but, and the, the, I had have, to like, fill nothing, up the gym. Ever, yeah, no, exactly. They were like, we just need more people, more people. I, nothing ever happened at the dances, but I did throw every single after prom party. <laughs> really? Wow. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> Zelda. So I was the graduating class of 2020 in high school. So I did not get a prom uh, my senior year. So I actually went um, as a sophomore and a junior, but our senior prom was canceled. I've had a lot of mishaps with prom. My sophomore year, I was invited by a senior and our prom venue burned down a week before prom was scheduled, like actually on fire, burned to the ground. Yeah. So they changed prom to this like we got some discount because it had burned down I don't really know why that doesn't sound totally logical to me but um we switched to this like insanely nice location that had like a huge ballroom it was like multiple rooms it had like a huge ballroom and like these fancy tables and I was like this is so wild like this is such a nice prom venue um so that was crazy that kind of made up for me not getting a real prom my senior year um damn yeah but I just remember my date texted me like a week before prom was scheduled and was like so the prom venue burned down last night and I was like oh so what's the plan and then he (laughs) didn't respond to me for like three days and I was like is prom happening um I remember being so confused and then junior year was super fun very like I would say normal prom experience. And then 2020, I just didn't, it was canceled. And my school was like, we're going to do something for you next year. And then they did not. Robbed. Robbed. She was robbed. My whole grade. Yeah. 
Listen, I have a very uh, hate-hate relationship with prom because when I was a senior, I was nominated by literally everyone to be prom queen. Like, everyone. And then this one bitch stepped forward and was like, a boy can't win prom queen. It has to be a girl and a boy. And it's like, that's just like how it's always been. And then, of course, the administration was like, finally, someone said it. And no. shut it down. So then mm. I didn't go to my high school's prom. I went to the rival high school's prom in like a full velvet suit and heels and makeup. And like the the rival high school was like Tractorville, like... All those, like, you know, like, country boys who were, like, just could eat me alive. And it was, uh, it was a lot sounds of fun. Sounds hot, but... honestly. <laughs> yes, sounds very hot. Can't wait for that, for that movie. Yeah, yes. Truly. Another Emmy. Let's go. <laughs> Racking them up. I also want to jump into what relationship issues Chloe's character, Naomi, has been going through as well, which is a little bit more... I don't even know if I would say a little bit more complicated. A little bit. Uh, it irks me sometimes when it's on screen. I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, it's, listen, like, to each their own. But obviously, it to me, just the three-way relationship in high school is a ticking time bomb. It just is. I don't know of any three-way relationships that have happened during high school that have lasted more than, you know, X amount of weeks to months. No shade to any of you high schoolers out there that are in throuples. But especially knowing that Naomi slipped and told Cooper the biggest secret ever, Ew, which sorry. I've... Well, boo, yes, boo, yes, yeah. But it's also... But Some, I was on drugs. That's okay? the thing. <laughs> Bitch, have you ever been on those drugs, Wembley? <laughs> no, actually, if you allow me another quick diversion, like my other one, <laughs> um, I got I only got numbing. I didn't get drugs because I was like, I don't want to accidentally come out on but that's another story for another day. <laughs> oh my so Ooh, that sounds I actually have never deep. been on on those, but we can, okay, well, we can unpack that later. Yeah, we certainly can. That's going to be an episode 16 conversation, I think. <laughs> um, but you, it's true. I've been dealing with, is it her... F I mean, yes, it's her fault that she spilled the beans. But also, was it out of her control? Like, you know what I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I agree. It seems like it could come out at any moment. And of course, I can see that. I think Chloe is kind of, or sorry, Naomi is kind of occupied with her her own current feelings and like how she feels about it versus how other people might be feeling about it. You kind of get that when Riley comes in the room to ask for gummies. <sighs> Anyways, it just makes me wonder what Naomi is actually doing in this throuple, if she's doing it because she really likes being a part of it, if she's doing it because she might think it's the only way that she can be with this Cooper fellow. We kind of get a glimpse into where her head is at in this episode, so let's play a clip really quick. Ooh. It's okay that I said what I said to Cooper, right? Honestly, no. Right, obviously, that was really bad of me, but I was on drugs. So it would be worse to admit it because it wasn't even intentional. It just happened, right? Yeah, but it doesn't really matter that it wasn't intentional. Exactly. It wasn't. Oh, you're so right. I've been like beating myself up over it because I'm me, but I shouldn't let myself feel guilty about it. Okay, she was almost mm. there. <laughs> she was almost there. Mm. She's getting there. And then she just flipped it again and, and, you know, turned it back on herself. I don't think she was really listening to what Riley had to say. But I want to know... 
Chloe, do you think Naomi is just in complete denial about everything? Is she like, is she just like oblivious or is it like she's in denial? I think there's so much going on. And <laughs> you know, some layers. I would love, I would love for there to be like a big master Instagram poll <laughs> or something. So I can, I can read who thinks Naomi is guilty for this or not. <laughs> Same. I don't know. I'm like, I'm really torn on the situation just as a viewer. I think she's given this huge secret, the biggest yeah. secret ever to be protected. And they, they've dedicated all this time putting spells on this secret to protect the secret. And she's she gets on these crazy drugs and she spills the beans. And I think it's just with anything... You just have to be so careful if you're drinking, if you're mm-hmm. on drugs to protect. And I, w- I don't know. I could almost go both ways. I'm like, wouldn't she be like even more protective about the secret? Like paranoid the whole time. Like I got to protect the secret. But, you know, you don't know I, I, when you're in that headspace. I mean, I don't know what it's like to be on the kind of drugs that she was on. I think if anything, she should be apologizing for not taking better precautions. You know, she knows she's going to get her wisdom teeth taken out. She was probably just not thinking about like, uh, yeah, oh, I wouldn't maybe have thought I'm about going that. to be <laughs> saying some things that I probably not might not want to reveal. Someone chain me up and like duct tape my <laughs> mouth shut because I cannot be revealing any of this. But she doesn't have her proper conscience. So I don't know if you can blame her. I'm kind of on team you can't you can't blame her. I'm leaning towards that way. Ugh, but then I think about it more and I'm like she did she did say it. Well, also remember by the time Cooper shows up, she she isn't quite sure that she texted him and she's like what are you doing here? And he's like you texted me to come. So he's she's very out of it. Like she's not even quite sure what he's doing there. It's like such a like I'm a little bit on the side that like okay, here's how I feel. I feel like it's not totally her fault for like letting a secret out while she was on so much medication and also pain meds too it wasn't just the like laughing gas it was like pain meds too but then I think she should have told Delilah immediately Mm. yeah you could probably blame her for the way she just kind of runs away from the situation when she finds out that she did tell this big secret she's like ah I'm gonna run and I don't want anyone to look at me or like I'm the same way I would do the same thing as you can see, there's a recurring theme in this uh, show with bad communication. <laughs> yeah. So I think just no one knows how to like properly Across process the board. emotions and deal with things. I don't know. Very that. I mean, Very that. speaking of big revelations in, in this episode, we also have to face head on, like how we as people live and who we are, who we become. And there's this big moment, obviously, from Riley where she encounters, you know, her own dad and and has this interaction about just like becoming our parents and, and repeating their mistakes or their behaviors. And I'd like to, to listen to that. I see my dad, I'm like, you're an asshole, and you treat my mom like shit, and then I just end up doing the same shitty things that you do. It's so fucked up how you just, like, hate your parents. You hate them so much, and then you just, like, are them. You're not him. I am. No, you're not. You're fine. Really? Because that night that Greta freaked out on me, I hooked up with Luz. So, you see, I don't 
have to be fucked up to do bad things. I just do them. That's a lot for me personally, but instead of knowing the thousands of ways I could, I could play that. I want to know from you, Yuli, and and you, Chloe, like, how do you think your characters specifically deal with this, this idea of like turning into your parents? Yeah. I mean, from like a personal perspective as Yuli, terrifying. <laughs> I, I, I have noticed so much too often, um, like similar mannerisms or like, or, you know, personality quirks of between me and my parents. And I'm like, oh dear God, please no. Um, they're lovely people. They're fantastic. If, I, I, if they're listening to this, um, Hello. they're great. Hi mom and dad. <laughs> But truly, it's kind of a terrifying thing because I think you you really want to, especially when you're like a teenager, you really want so much to be your own person and find your yeah. own identity. And like, and that's like kind of an impossible thing because like nobody exists in a vacuum. You know, you're like, you are influenced naturally by everything around you and the people around you. So like, of course, you're going to have some sorts of similarities. But I think, mm-hmm. yeah, in terms of Nathan's case, I think that's probably pretty horrifying concept particularly in terms of like becoming like um his mother yeah i think you can't escape it i i remember even when we were doing the pilot or maybe we were just starting filming the show i i can't remember but it was halloween or something it was halloween week and i like a zombie went to target i went to the dollar section i got everyone little cute like dollar section printed socks and like little treat goodie bags and I passed them out to everyone in the cast and I had a moment after where I was like I do this because this is like I'm being my mom right now this is 100% Amy East and <laughs> I'm Amy East because of her hey Amy East she's listening <laughs> but I think I don't know if you guys have seen three identical strangers but it's like whether you like it or not, you will become your parents. There's there's something you just can't necessarily escape it. And I think for the twins, that's horrifying. And I think just for teenagers in general, I mean, I'm stoked to become my mom. Like, bring it on. I'm planning a wedding right now. And I can yes, I, I feel bitch. I feel Amy East just all in me. And Howard East. I'm like, I I am my parents. But yeah, you can't necessarily escape escape your parents they'll always be in you that's that's hard dna and i think i think naomi's gonna ultimately become megan or some parts of megan wow yeah and mark you know mm-hmm. all the characters well first of all congratulations yeah congrats shout out Thank to that you. it's a crazy time <laughs> your fiance is adorable he's really fun so cute thank you I would love to hear from all of you about all of your thoughts and feelings heading into the the finale of this season. I'm honest, and this isn't a negative thing I'm about to say, but I'm ready for it to be over. Like, I want people (laughs) to work out their crap, to talk (laughs) it out. There are too many loose ends. There are too many unspoken words it's like let's let's do this let's just get over this let's get past it let's work out these relationships the secrets out let's just talk talk it over 
Chloe's I think had it's just it. Like we're almost there. I I've had it. Okay. <laughs> done. I am done. <laughs> Zelda. No, but so. I'm I'm with you. Yeah. I'm like, see yeah. I'm with Chloe. I feel like I'm like ready for this finale. I'm ready for to see where we leave these characters. Yeah. Even though I know where we leave these yeah, characters. Yeah, I was gonna but I'm say. Ready for everyone to see where we leave these characters. Um, I'm just yeah. I think it's exciting to see how season one will wrap up um it's funny i definitely am always hoping and praying for nathan even though i'm the one that is (laughs) deciding what happens to nathan partially um but i remember talking to yuli i remember talking to yuli a while ago um after he had gotten some of the scripts some of the first scripts for block two and he was like does anything good ever happen to nathan i was like Hmm. we'll see this this poor boy can't catch a fucking break (laughs) seriously for real i feel like Um, it's nathan in the rage room yeah nathan also needs a rage room nathan needs a good a good cry and a hug yes exactly very that cry and a hug but it feels like he is one of the items being smashed with a bat emotionally she took it there. Oh, that's so sad. I had to she take it. I had it to. It's look. It's it's what it feels like, and I have nothing but empathy and sympathy for for Nathan at this at this point, <laughs> as we all do. Well, listen, y'all. It's been so lovely chatting, and um, I just want to thank you all so much, Zelda, Chloe, and Yuli, for being here once again. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having us once again. Of course. Such a pleasure getting to watch you on screen. You're all so talented. I'm very excited to see what the future brings you all uh, in, in your careers and endeavors. Thank you. Thank you. I hope I get an Emmy like you someday, Gigi. Thank you. Yeah, well, dreams are dreams. As yeah. as the person, <laughs> I'm just going to say, as the person in charge of the Emmys, I give you all one. <laughs> I'm not. Enough, but <laughs> yes. Thank Perfect. you so much for, for joining us. It's been lovely. And we cannot wait for episode 16, the season finale. Generation the Podcast is a production of HBO Max and iHeartRadio, hosted by us, Gigi Good and Wembley Sewell. The podcast is produced and written by Phoebe Unter, written and researched by Sierra Kaiser, and engineered, edited, and mixed by Matt Stillo. It's executive produced by Ethan Fixell. If you haven't already subscribed, rated, or reviewed Generation the Podcast, please do so on the iHeartRadio app, HBO Max, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, be sure to watch the series itself on HBO Max. Thanks for listening. 